Well, good morning. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry that this morning, if you're here, uh, you can see your breath, but that's okay. We're going to get through it. Uh, just for you guys online to know, we are suffering just so that you can celebrate Jesus with us. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, glad that we get to be together in worship. Glad that we get to celebrate Jesus. Uh, and it's awesome that we get to do that as a community of faith, that we get to come together uh, warm or cold, and we get to experience the presence of Jesus, and then we get to let that warm our hearts and our minds. And so uh, I'm excited to welcome you here. If you are new here, uh, whether in person or online, I just want to say you're welcome here. We are excited that you are with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of what God is doing in and through us. We just want you to know, hey, just like our heating system, we are imperfect, um, but... Uh, we know the one who is, and that's Jesus, and so we would love to invite you on a journey with us, that together we can grow in relationship with God, we can grow in relationship with one another, we can be the people that Jesus wants to. We can love Jesus and do something about it. And so we're going to continue our, our message series called Remaster, uh, and I want to ask a quick question. Mostly, I'm, I'm imagining it's guys, well, no, it's all guys, uh, who likes who doesn't like, let's ask it this way, who doesn't like to follow instructions, right? Anyone? Oh, you guys are cowards. Go ahead and put your hands up. Maybe you're too cold to put your hands up. It's okay. Um, I, I am a big believer in the fact that I'm, I'm a pretty intelligent person, and I only use instructions when I get into trouble. I don't, I don't use instructions beforehand. Uh, I, I, I make up my mind beforehand. I'm like, oh, I'm smarter than that. I don't need your instructions um, until I get halfway through the project. And I'm like, well, my thing does not look like their thing. So how is that a thing? Uh, and I have to go back and look at all of the guiding steps for it. And I've learned a few things about instructions and, and people who follow directions uh, rather than me. And, and here's one of the things that I've learned. Directions are for people who want to get it right the first time. Apparently, I am not, and all of the guys out there, I know, it's okay. There's other, other than guys, there's other people, but all of the guys, I get it. We're all this way. It's okay. Directions are for people who want to get it right the first time. Apparently, that's not us. That's okay. We'll, we'll get it. Uh, directions are for people who don't want to experience the joy of reassembling. Um, <laughs> I, I have spent a lot of time being like, okay, I got to take this all back apart because I missed step 14 and now I'm on step 72 and I get to go all the way back to 14 to try and get it to go together the right way. Maybe you've had that joy of reassembling. It's so fun. You only yell at yourself in your head like nine times. If only I'd read the instructions, right? If only I'd followed the directions. Directions are for people who are too busy to start over. Directions are so unnecessary. We don't need the directions. We don't need to follow any of those instructions. I had an opportunity when I, my, my son was young. It was Christmas Eve, and he was getting a, a castle. It was a castle that had like bionic door. The door, drawbridge would raise and lower on its own, and it had little castle people, kings and knights and all of that. And so it was Christmas Eve, and for some reason, I was putting the castle together. Maybe y'all can figure that out. Uh, I'm putting the castle together on Christmas Eve, and, and, and I, I 
just like I mentioned, was putting it together without checking the instructions. And what happened was I put the front and the back of the castle together, and it snapped together. And that's when I realized that I had not put the drawbridge on. So I got the, I got the book so I could look back, and I, I found out at like step four, you're supposed to put the drawbridge on, and step 18 is when you snap the castle together. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to take the castle back apart. And so I tried to pry the castle apart, and it turns out the castle did not want to be pried apart, and I was afraid that I was going to damage the castle, and that's when I came up with the, the master plan. Okay. Now I know I can't pull it apart. I'm going to have to wedge it in there and just make it fit, right? Most of you out there, especially the guys, are like, oh, I know what's about to happen. And it's 100% what's about to happen because when I was wedging the castle in, the little piece that held the castle door, the drawbridge door together, snapped right off. And so now my son's castle that is his, his coup de gras Christmas present is a under construction castle, right? It's not, it's, not, it's not ready, not open for business, folks. Please don't attack. The door is missing. So I, I get out my soldering iron because now it's plastic that's broken and I, I like patch it back together and it is, it is the most awful looking door of all time. And so what do I do in order to solve this, salvage it? I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wrap it in aluminum foil so it looks like it's a metal door. Because what castle doesn't want a metal door? Uh, And I did, and it it worked. But honestly, it was one of those things where I was like, if I had just followed directions, uh, I wouldn't have to tell my son, no, it's an under construction castle, right? The king's not wearing a crown. It's a hard hat. Instead, I would have been able to be like, here's the castle. Look how great it is. And it works just as described. Because he asked me, Dad, why does the box look different than the castle? (laughs) I was like, because we got the deluxe model, son. (laughs) You know, uh, we, we did good. The problem we all have is that we tend to not follow directions. And that's the difficulty of remastering because, right, we talked about this. Remastering is creating a new master by altering or enhancing the audio or video quality of an older master. And when we talk about this in the realm of spirituality, we're saying, Jesus, we want you to break us down to our component parts, find the parts that are real parts, the parts that are good parts, the parts that are useful to the kingdom, and put those back together in a better way than they ever were before. And remastering is this idea of, hey, God, I want you to be in charge of me. I want you to be my guide and my God, and I want you to share with me all that you are so that I might live a little better, so that I might love a little better, so that I might might be a little better. And to remaster something in in the realm of audiovisual, you have to follow a process. You can't just be like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. (laughs) If you've ever spent any time doing audio or video work at all, giving anything a shot is a bad idea. It just doesn't work out because people have done it for years and years and we know what sounds good and there is a process to get those things to sound good. So when we remaster an audio or visual uh, video component, we're taking it down to its component parts, taking it down so that we can then put all the tunes and techniques on there 
to bring it back to something that was that was there all along. It just wasn't as clear, wasn't as clean, wasn't as good as it could be. And so we have to follow those directions. And that's where I think, that's where I think some of us, some of us, maybe just me, I don't know, but some of us might have a little difficulty following God's directions on how to be more like Jesus. It's not difficult in here. It's difficult in here. Following directions to to take those steps, sometimes we think to ourselves, I got this. I know what I need to do. The Old Testament is full of people who thought they had it and knew what they needed to do and thought they could do it on their own. The reality is we need some help in order to get doing it because we keep making the same mistakes we have always made on the things that are the most difficult to get past. The truth about all of us is this, is this, there we go. (laughs) We learn from our mistakes in areas that matter least. You do something dumb and you're like, well, I shouldn't do that again if it's not something that, that, that is really difficult to get past. We repeat our mistakes in areas that matter most. In areas like finances, behaviors, relationships, addictions, those types of things, we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. And and the question becomes, how, how can I get past it? What can I do? How can I learn to follow directions so that maybe, just maybe, God will do something different in me? So maybe, just maybe, I can be made different. And that's the promise that Jesus offers us. He says, I will come and I will give you a new life. Not the same old life you've always had. Not the same old life that keeps struggling, keeps failing, keeps falling. But a new life so that you can be successful. So that you can work to get through it. And, and that's the difficult part, right? It, it's easy to hear about it. We hear God saying, I'm going to give you a brand new life. And you're like, yes. We embrace the salvation of Jesus. We don't live out the, the work that Jesus has for us. That's the difficult job of being human is that we get to overcome that because God comes with us. We tend to not follow the directions that Jesus gives to us, and that causes us to struggle. And, and, and maybe you're sitting out there thinking, well, instructions, directions, those aren't all that great a thing anyway, because I know what I'm doing. Maybe you've never had the, the joy of re- rebuilding something that you've already tried to do. Maybe your life is in a great place, but Proverbs tells us, and this was written by King Solomon years before Jesus, it says this, whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. Jesus says the same type of thing. He's like, hey, I want you to follow my commands. If you, if you love me, you will follow my commands. You will obey my commands. Nobody's surprised by this. We all understand this. Everybody gets this concept. We know that if you follow instructions, that you'll get the job done that you're trying to do. If you don't follow instructions, most of the time, you're going to have to redo it at best, and maybe it's just not going to work at all at worst. Everybody gets this. Parents understand this for children. Guys, just follow the instructions. 
guys, just do the steps, and it will take time. Teachers definitely understand this. They've been working with us for years. <laughs> I know friends get this. Family understands this. Even our enemies get the whole process and how it works, and we understand it. The problem is we understand it. We just have a, a, a hard time doing it. It's not that hard to get up here. It's harder to get in here. So what are the directions? What are the instructions we need to follow to be remastered, to let God have control of us, to let God lean into this relationship so that we might be able to do something differently? What are we, the people of Jesus, to do? Where, where are the instructions? I'm glad you asked. It's a great time for you to ask because we're going to look at Romans. Romans is a book that was written by a guy named Paul. Um, to the church in Rome to kind of explain the idea of Christianity. And I, I love this verse. We're going to take a moment in this verse because it says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The first thing we need to understand is that we're not in this alone. We don't have to try and figure this out by ourselves. Like I said, the Old Testament is full of people who are trying to figure out on their own. God said, hey, you need to behave like this. I'm going to give you some laws. I'm going to give you some controls and some commands. You're going to follow those. And the people demonstrated time after time after time that by themselves they were unable to follow the law. Even the greatest of those in the Old Testament is flawed and fails over and over again. And so God says, you can't do it on your own, so I'm going to come into your world and, and give you the help you've never had. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit so that the God will work in and through us, that God will work in us so that we might be made more like Jesus, that God will work through us so that the world can see the change that he has made in our life. So the first thing that we need to understand is that God is working for your good, that God wants you to be successful. It's, it's not like a, a, a test where he's hoping you fail. Instead, he's giving you all of the tools. It's like an open book test, all right? You have all of the tools there, all of the capability. The question is, are we going to follow instructions? Are we going to say, God, I need your help. I know you're offering it. I'll lean into that. I, I want your assistance. God doesn't expect you to do it by yourself. God says, hey, I'm going to remake you, and I'm going to give you a purpose and a plan. I'm going to give you new life. I'm going to give you all of the tools you need. So what we have here is a two-step process that has two commands, and if we do those four things, we will be able to be more and more like Jesus. Maybe I got your attention with that. Two-step process two commands, and we can live more like Jesus. This is the instructions. Here we go. Let God work in and through you. Number one, you can't do it on your own, so you got to allow God to do something in and through you. You can't do it on your own, and it, you don't have to be like my son when he was a little kid. God bless him. Now that he's a bigger kid, he's still the same way, unfortunately. He was very stubborn, and he would not take assistance from anybody. He would do it on his own. Me do it. That was his when he was two. That's what he would, he would tell us. 
And, and I was like, I, I, can, I can help you with that. It's not, you don't have to do all these things on your, no, I want to do it by myself. And this is where we need to say, we don't need to act like a two-year-old. We can say, God, help. God, I need you. God, pour yourself into me so that I can be made different. Step number one, let God work in and through you. You have to start at the beginning by saying, God, I need you to be with me. I need you to work in me because I know me and I'm failed and flawed and I keep doing the same things over and over. I keep making the same mistakes on the important things over and over, but you can make a difference in me. I know you can, so come and make a difference in my life. And then we need to understand, as John tells us, that we will keep God's commands. Here we go. We know that we have come to know him, we have come to know Jesus, if we keep his commands. How do people know we follow Jesus? Because we keep his commands. One of those commands, you're gonna, we're going to get to two of those commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. John, John, John kind of lays it out for us. He says, if all you do is know about him, if all you do is know about Jesus, then you're not following Jesus. You're not living out your faith. And if you're not living out your faith, then maybe you're just lying to yourself. Maybe you're just confused. Maybe you don't understand what Jesus offers. Maybe you need to start following the instructions. I'm, I'm ad-libbing that portion. That wasn't like the next verse. But maybe you should start following instructions because we know Jesus, we know Jesus if we follow his commands, if we live out his commands. So what are the, the, the step two of what we're trying to do? Keep Jesus' commands. So step one, let God work in and through you. Step two, keep Jesus' commands. Now maybe you're sitting out there and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. I think that's a great idea. Maybe I should try that. So therefore, right, you're called to his purpose to keep his commands. We follow his directions. What commands should we keep? I said it was a two-step process with two commands. What commands should we keep? What does it look like to follow him? Jesus answers both of those in an interaction he has with a, a, a teacher of the law. The guy comes to him and asks Jesus an earnest question, uh, a question that was born out of curiosity more so than, than just confusion or more, more than just trying to trick Jesus, which we see a lot of in the New Testament. He comes to Jesus and he asks, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Command number one. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then Jesus continues, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus takes the entirety of the law, 613 commandments in the Old Testament that God has given to the people and says, I'm going to distill, I'm going to make it simple for you. Uh, in, in computer language, there's this, uh, and it's more than just computers, we talk about keep it simple, stupid, the kiss, the kiss technique. 
You want to keep it simple so that everybody understands it. And the stupid part is for whoever's coding so that they understand that they're talking about them. So you keep it simple. Jesus took that to the next level. He said, I'm going to not just keep it a little bit simple. I'm going to distill all of these down to two techniques, to two commands that if you follow these, everything else is going to fall in place. Command number one, just in case you, you need more, love God. Command number two, love your neighbor. These are the two things that Jesus said that we should do. Now, this is, this is basic Christianity 101. We understand this. The two things, though, change everything. Because when we say we're going to love God with all we are, our heart, mind, strength, right? And we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. What does that do to us? Number one, it changes our focus. We're no longer the center of the story. We look at God and we say, God, you are number one in our lives, and I'm going to do everything that you want me to. I'm going to live better. I'm going to love better. But I need you in my life. I need you to work in me because I know my failings. I know my failures. But God says, I will give you my spirit so that together, together we can move past your brokenness. Because we're not in it alone. Now it's God saying, we can get through this. We can move past this. We can follow and grow in that relationship. And so truly, for each and every one of us, it's time to start following directions. Two steps, two commands. If we can do just that, if we can allow that to move from just knowing about it to living it out, everything would be different. Everything in your life will be different. Everything in your relationships will be different. And it turns out, oddly enough, that Jesus comes with instructions. Loving Jesus comes with some instructions. We have the ability to do that. And, and, and what can you do? What can you do to, to ensure that you're getting this? What can you do? Maybe you want to take a step. Maybe you're like, okay, I've, I've known about Jesus my whole life, but I've never really taken that step. Or, or maybe this is the first time that you've ever come into contact with Jesus. And so how do you take those steps? And I'm going to make every engineer on the planet happy with my first statement, and it is this. Number one, read the manual. There you go. Like, it, it's not they usually add some extra letters in there. But uh, if we read the manual, if we, if we take this seriously, what does it look like to spend time in the Word of God? God says, I'm going to give you all the tools you need. I'm going to give you myself. I'm going to give you my Word. I'm going to give you my church. And so that's exactly the process that we go through. This isn't following directions. This is learning how to be in a relationship 101. One, learn about the person you're in. Read the manual. That's where we experience what God's loving story of redemption from beginning to end looks like and how we can be a part of God's story. Second is spend time with Jesus. If we want God to work in and through us, if we want God to change us from the inside out, if we want God to make us into a new person, we open ourselves up for Jesus. We say, Jesus, we need you. Show us how to live. Show me how to love. Show me how to do those things. And then finally, I think this is important, not because I get a paycheck from the church, 
but because the church is the only group of people that come together saying, hey, we know we're broken, but we know Jesus, so let's get together and try and be less broken together. Maybe we can hold one another up when there's difficulty. Maybe we can celebrate with one another when there's been victory. Maybe we can cry and mourn with one another when there's loss. That's the gift of the church. So we have two-step process and two commands that take a lifetime to work through. A lifetime to grow more and more into the image of Jesus. A lifetime to embrace. And we do that by loving God and loving neighbor. We do that by allowing God to work in us and by working on ourselves in the presence of God. And if you if you're sitting out there and you're like, yeah, man, I got all this. You think you know it all um, and you don't need any instructions. Um, nothing that I'm going to say matters anyway. So we're, we're okay. Uh, but if you're like me and you're one of those people that continually sees where you messed up in the process that you're working on and the thing that you're building or in your life, it's, it's a good time to say, you know what? Maybe it's time for all of us to start following the instructions. If you want to have a better year, if you want to be more like Jesus, I guarantee you Jesus wants to help you to do that. We have all the tools. We have all of the tools. We have God himself because he has given us himself. We have the power of the Spirit of God in us. We have his word and we have his church. And together, together, we can allow God to remaster us. So let's open our hearts and our minds to that. Let's allow for the possibility of that, and let's pray seeking God's presence in this moment and every moment going forward. Holy One, we need you. It's so hard because we get distracted by ourselves. We know what you're calling us to, but sometimes, sometimes it seems more difficult than it's worth. So God, we just pray that you would have us take a moment, inspire our hearts and our minds so that we might see the gift that you have given us in Jesus, not just a little bit better life because we have a little bit of Jesus sprinkled into it, but instead a brand new life, one that is made new in your image so that we can become more and more like you. Help us to love you better, God. And help us to love our neighbor better so that we can live boldly for your kingdom here and now and always. We pray this together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.